0: I am joined today by my powerful German ally, Takezor, the Sword of Clarity. We discuss travel, living abroad, taking action, and using that action as a catalyst to find your purpose. We also discuss meditation, the practical application of mindfulness and awareness, as well as how to cultivate these peaceful balanced qualities whilst still keeping the fire alive, whilst still maintaining your ambition and ruthless edge. You can find Takezo on Twitter, at Takezo Pure, that's T-A-K-E-Z-O-P-U-R-E. He is truly a warrior on the path of the martial way. Thank you for tuning in today. As always, my name is Lewis, and you are listening to Budo the Martial Way. Let's begin. Takazot, thank you again for joining me today. We always we always do have really good conversations. Last time I spoke to you actually was when I was in uh, was it was I was sat in the hotel quarantine, just arrived back in Japan, and uh, and I appreciate speaking to you because uh, that was a dark week for me. <laughs> I did not <laughs> I did not enjoy that at all. So having those conversations was uh, was quite uplifting for me. Um, But for my listeners who are unfamiliar with you, could you please introduce yourself?
1: So, first of all, thank you for having me here. I'm really grateful and always looking forward to talk with you. It's great fun each time. So, um, I'm Takezo, I'm from Germany and um, yeah, I started out getting kind of like squeezed through school and I was like how to say very anti everything and had a lot of anger and aggression in me I think you can very well relate to that yes yes <laughs> yes <laughs> but I, I made it through and um, I even made it through university and um, now I'm, I'm running an online brand basically on Twitter and also on on email which um focuses a lot on mindfulness and all the powers of the mind basically just the lessons that i learned in my life so far and um i share them and people surprisingly many people seem to like them and i'm 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 really really grateful
0: for that well that's one thing i actually really wanted to talk to you about is like um Yeah, I mean, because a lot of the content we post, you know, very similar talk about philosophy, about meditation, about lifestyle. But um, for you personally, with your own account, what is it that you think has really connected and resonated with your audience? What is it that you think that why? Why do people come to you? What are they looking for? What, What is it that you give them?
1: That's a really good question. I mean, to a degree when I take the marketing aspect of it, I always try to figure that out myself. And it's like is a mixture. When I think about my content, it's like just things I personally want to say, but a lot of the things I put out are really simply advice to myself. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, you also see okay what what problems that people have. Sometimes I get DMs and people ask me something and then I take this as inspiration to create um, more content about it. And um, I can't really give you a direct answer because I can only assume from the information I gathered so far. But it's a lot, I think, how how to make your way in this modern world with all these influences And um, like, sometimes I use the analogy that there's like a war going on, but it's not a usual war, but it's a war for the mind with all the distractions and also all the marketing expert and advertising. They kind of like hacked our instincts and they can really, yeah, it depends on the addicts use them in our favor, but also can use them against us and to take back control of that. And I think many also like the life that I live or maybe struggle with the same things I struggled or sometimes still struggle today. And they like this, having this mental and physical freedom of being able to manage your thoughts and emotions and um, still finding, like, um, joy in the present, but not in the way that you're like, okay, I'm, I'm all happy now, so I will do nothing anymore and just sit here but still being um ambitious and um i think this combination together with like i sometimes add in my my travel stuff um i feel that's like pretty appealing to people i feel every time i post like a personal story um it resonates really well
0: yeah um i hear what you're saying about having that balance between being mindful being present being patient when we need to be you know compassionate um calm equanimity but also still having that fire that ambition that drive exactly. yeah that's something i definitely want to come back to a little bit more in the future uh, later on in the conversation um but one thing you said at the start about talking to yourself in the past that's something i i heard somebody say that's really really powerful Um, you know, certainly in like, you know, marketing and, and like, whenever you have any kind of product, people talk about like, Oh, who's your, you know, who's your target audience, things like that. But when it comes to a, like sort of this kind of coaching and teaching, if you just think about yourself 10 years in the past, that's really the easiest thing because yeah, like When a lot of the stuff I share, it's just it's it's stuff I wish I had heard when I was a teenager. You know, the stuff that now I've got a son on the way, you know, the stuff that I'm very conscious about that I will be teaching him the stuff that I wish people taught me. Um, mm, That's important. And as well, um, another thing you mentioned there is um, uh, the spiritual war that is that is really i think that's a key for a lot of people now and something we could very easily get conspiratorial about this but it's it's something <laughs> it's something people are waking up to you know you look throughout the past you look throughout history and really in a lot of ways it was very simple um you know like um there's the enemy you know um i remember i remember actually reading somebody said online that two of the greatest um the most significant events in recent history, one was uh, when the Berlin Wall came down because when the Berlin Wall came down, before that, it was so black and white. It was us and them, you know our country against their country. we're the good guys, they're the bad guys. it was so black and white um, but then after the wall came down it was it was that kind of diminished in a lot of ways. And then the second one was um when the towers came down because when the towers came down then it began the war on terror you know and mm. and what is terror where is terror terror is everywhere it's it's inside you it's inside your country it's it's so undefinable mm. and we're seeing that you know terrorism just terror the war on terror is everywhere it's nowhere it's it's ungraspable but over the last few years as well with the pan the pandemic it's again it's it's that perpetuation of fear and and control and um and you know yeah with um <laughs> i was just i was watching a video just recently about um uh, mark zuckerberg and meta and it's just control of your mind control of your attention yeah, but oh my God, we're going down a um, we're going down a whole rabbit hole here. So um, you were talking about the things you've learned, um, and again, that's something I wanted to ask you because I, I look through your feed and I look through the things you post, and so much of it resonates me uh, with Stoic philosophy, Zen philosophy. You know, a lot of it is very clear influences. But where did this come from? where did you pick up your influences where how did you develop your philosophy and your outlook on life
1: i think they're like i think always when you have like your personal philosophy it's like you take the philosophy from from someone else or like a grand philosophy and sometimes even many different ones and then you mix them together put your own experience in it and then you get your unique spin on it. And um, you also, some things you just put to the test, right? There are some beliefs that sound really great in theory to me. And um, then later as I move on with life, I'm like, no, okay, maybe this is not so true anymore. Maybe it was true and is true for some people in some stages of their life. Um, But as you mentioned, I'm also heavily influenced by basically three things and it's like um stoicism, buddhism and taoism where you can already say like that taoism leads to zen as like when you go back into the history yeah they're like closely um closely related and i think it all started with like um reading a book from tịchnatan like mm. um he was definitely one of the greatest influences and who started this journey for me and, but it's still because his lesson, his message is so simple, but being so simple is very deep on the, on at the same time. And so I also really like to go, go back to, to his works from, from time to time. But I think it's really these three, um, schools of thought or however you want to call it, um, that uh, had a, had the greatest influence on me. And I think, yeah, my whole thinking is a big mixture of that. Also some psych- psychology, neuroscience stuff, even though I could n- not like really nail it down to a specific person there, but I read some books. The work of Daniel Kahneman was really interesting. Um, and I really, oh, I forgot the name. But um, like a lot of Jewish psychologists that are like really interesting research. I think And yeah, I think my philosophy is like a combination of all of these.
0: Nice. Yeah. It reminds me immediately of the Bruce Lee quote that something along the lines of um, take what works, disregard what doesn't and add what is uniquely your own. Now, of course, he was talking about martial arts when he said that, but that completely applies to philosophy as well, to to your outlook on life. You know, um, that to, nails it basically. Exactly, exactly. And everybody has their own specific um, experience. Like you mentioned briefly, you mentioned about um, Buddhism, Zen, uh, the Tao, and absolutely. Like for for those who are unfamiliar, uh, I learned this when I read um, The Way of Zen um, by Alan Watts unbelievable book which really details fantastically buddhism the dao and zen which is basically the combination of the two because you had buddhism which which originated in india then that moved up into china you have like um bodhidharma who was a famous monk who who was thought to be from somewhere around india went up to china Um, And then Buddhism mixed with Taoism, which was already up there. Um, And then you have monks from Japan, uh, my personal favorite, Dogen Zenji, who they went to China to learn Buddhism. They felt like, oh, the Buddhism we have here in Japan isn't good enough. So they went to China and the Buddhism they learned there, because they call it Zen Buddhism, Zen Buddhism. But that doesn't do it justice because... It is as Buddhist as it is Taoist. Really, it should be called Zen Buddhist Taoism to be more, yeah, more I that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody that has um anybody that enjoys Zen Buddhism, you, yeah, you have to understand the Tao as well. Uh it's inseparable. Interesting, you mentioned Tishnad Han as well. Um I just this earlier today, uh, one of my students, Keiko-san, she is a spiritual teacher here in, uh, in Japan. And we study together the work of Tishnadhan. Um, Each week I see her and she gives me like a passage from Tishnadhan. And he uses a lot of um, gattas, you know, like those short kind of mantras. Um, mm. But are really, really powerful, like really short, really direct, and yeah, I feel certainly um it's interesting it's interesting, I mean, like, as you said before about like like myself, you know you had a, like a lot of anger, um a lot of darkness growing up, <laughs> you know, those teenage years, um I know exactly what you mean, and i 'm sure a lot of people listening will really resonate w- with that, but what was it that? put you on the path of the light <laughs> what was that uh that turning point was there any turning point that you can kind of point back to where you could really see your life change direction
1: absolutely and it was when i got out of school that was oh. like it felt like rebirth honestly um because i was always like kind of the bad guy in in school i also um got kicked out of one school and then went to another one and um actually in germany we have like 10 years of school and then you could get one degree and then you can take another three years and get like the the highest degree so to speak from and i i wanted to to quit after 10 because i was like so pissed off with school and i didn't like it and then i went it was funny because then i was thought thought about being like um um, a mechanic, and then I went to like, a, what do you call that? I went to a job interview, and they made me do some test exercises, and I was like, "Oh shit, okay, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I better, I better keep going to school." And um, so, so I forced myself th- through another um, three years of school. But all that time, I, it was really my my worldview and my feeling was like, "I have to do this. I don't want to do this." And I was like yeah really angry and and pessimistic like um the time i also was like yeah i don't want to work a job and i got like i don't know from the world is unfair anyway when i do a job i earn so little or whatever i had like yeah like kind of an aggressive victim mentality not the typical victim mentality that you see today not in a, that way that i really thought myself of a victim but looking back it's still a kind of victim mentality and i Really had this negative outlook. Nothing made sense, and there was really nothing I wanted to do. And all the things I had to do took so much space that I only focused on the on the resistance, on the on the opposition. And as you can imagine, um, this was not a fun time. And it's funny because at that time I felt um, very unhappy, but I was like a really aggressive person. When I look at me now i'm very happy or pretty happy like mm-hmm. you have bad days like everyone but i'm i'm not aggressive at all anymore maybe sometimes in the gym or when i attack business goals or whatever like but it's like completely outfits. different yeah mm-hmm. um but getting back to the point when i got out of school then i was free and before it was always you have to do xyz and um my parents were i'm really grateful for them they said after school, you can do whatever you want, but you have to do something. Mm. Like, you will not, like, mm, how I say that? You, you will not screw around and, like, just do nothing and be idle. You have to do something, but you can, you, you get to choose what you do. And then I was, like, kind of like, yeah, put on my button, was like, yeah, fuck. That kind of makes sense, right? Can't, yeah. can't really argue against that. And then I was like, yeah, what the fuck? do I even want to do? And then I had, they kind of like took away from me that excuse that I could find myself in that opposing role because I couldn't say anymore like, oh yeah, this is bad. I don't want to do it because there was nothing. Like I had the the complete choice and I was like, ah, yeah, damn it. And so I had to, I had to become, I think you call this proactive if Mm. I use the word right here and um, instead of reacting i had to i had to act by myself and then it got me thinking like yo wow i have no clue what i want to do but okay i gotta do something and this is basically still one of the greatest advice like if you don't know what to do yeah stop stop thinking stop being in your head just do something and then you will you will find out on the way you'll never um,
0: find the answer just thinking about it
1: yeah, or by being like, oh, like maybe someone listening has a job they don't like so much or whatever, and they're only in this um, opposing and seeing how bad it is. But yeah, you have to really be proactive and and try new things, even if they can be um, make you make you anxious or make you afraid at times, and can be like take a dive into the unknown. Right? I really like the saying that people prefer a known pain over the unknown mm. and uh, see there's a lot right people staying in unhappy relationships or works uh, jobs they don't like and stuff like this but these this unknown is so scary that they rather stay um with what they know but to get back to i'm really making a far stretch here oh no, yeah, This is good, um, this is good. Um, then i was out of school and then i got a bit i don't know how it was Let's call it luck. I think a friend to me recommended me some some self-improvement stuff, which also really, really helped getting like a positive outlook, doing things. And then I was like, okay, I have no idea what I want to do. So um why not just see the world? Like um, I had a friend I met at the supermarket. I met a friend from school I haven't seen in a while, and was talking with him. He said, like, yeah, I've been to Thailand and it's like so amazing there super cool i loved it there and i want to he actually wanted to to move there and live there in the uh-huh. end he didn't most don't because mm-hmm. reality is a different thing but that's mm-hmm. another topic um so i had this in my mind that was like yeah okay why not And then i decided to travel and um i was really i had not not a specifically wanted to go to and then i ended up going to india Mm -hmm. um just because i found like a work and travel opportunity there never thought about going to india before and so um i had like a job there for one month took a one-way ticket and then i flew there before i worked a little bit saved up some money um to to embark on the journey and then i booked the one-way ticket was in india and then (laughs) when i was there I basically looked up on the, like, there's this app, Skyscanner, where you can check the cheapest flights. Yeah, yeah. And I just checked which country does the cheapest flight go, and it said Malaysia. And I was like, what is Malaysia? I don't know this country. <laughs> and then I typed into Google Malaysia. i like, yeah, okay, this looks cool. I'm just going to go there. And from there and I went on, eventually making it to Thailand, what was my kind of, like, target, because my friend told me about it, mm-hmm. and um, traveling Asia, learning tons of things and um based on that I came back and I was at the same question again what to do now but I at now at least I knew okay I enjoy traveling so I had one thing at least that I that I know I liked before I had nothing so I had this one thing actually I had two things I was just sort like okay I try more Thai training in Thailand mm. Mm, I just saw I didn't knew about more I didn't knew anything I've never done uh martial no it's not true i've done some hujitsu as like i don't know six year olds or whatever Mm. so i don't count that (laughs) but um i saw a muay thai fight then i was like oh fuck man this looks so cool and then i was like okay i'm I'm going i'm gonna try this and i went into a muay thai gym there and yeah it was a bit like i had of course no technique like i was looking like a fool i couldn't even lift my leg properly Mm. because i was not flexible to do a proper kick but um I tried that. I tried a tons of things there. And so I came back and I had more ideas of what I like and what I don't like simply because I tried things out. And um, from that, I decided, okay, I'm I'm going to study um, and I'm going to study tourism management because I like travel. And um, so it evolved from there. Now that I worked a bit in the tourism industry um, during as like a working student and stuff like this to support my studies, up, nah, it's not really the thing I want. So now I'm pretty happy where I ended up being self-employed. But um, yeah, this was like really, really long. The key moment
0: that brought me on the path was finishing school and having to take life in my own hands. Well, no, because that that's fantastic because that's exactly what you said before about taking action. You know, and like, and yeah, a lot of people it, a lot of people would love to do that. Um, to go traveling and, you know, uh, especially by themselves and have all these adventures. But again, as you said, that fear, fear of the unknown, you know, it's so adventurous and it's so attractive, but it's also so scary that a lot of people are unwilling to do that. But it's really interesting that you said that just just so simply leaving school was that moment for you because I, I can understand like that lifting the veil and, and having that possibility and that freedom. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with school, it's, yeah, like for me as well, like I I didn't really struggle with school. It wasn't like difficult, but I just really didn't get on board with you know, the whole, like I felt like I, I didn't care about the teacher's opinion So I was just like, I, I don't have any desire to impress you. So I don't have any, you know, desire to do, do this work. Um, Mm. And again, I have my son on the way and thinking about him and thinking about school, it's like, especially here in Japan, the education system, it's, you know, success in Japan is really quite rigid. It's literally do well in school, go to university, Mm. get a good job. At a big
1: company or something. Yeah,
0: that's it. it. Get a big company and that's it. The (laughs) end. Like it's so, it's very, very rigid and there's no room for creativity and this is why I think Japan since you know everybody knows about Japan in the 80s was crazy the technology the ingenuity the development everything was wild but since then the economy has just completely just flattened out it's not developing at all and I think you know that's that's a bit it's a big conversation to have but a big part of it is really just I think there is um there isn't the space for creativity and development not in the way that there is in america you know like america that country has a lot of problems (laughs) make no mistake but one of the really great things about that country is that they are always pushing the envelope they're always developing they're they're always thinking outside the box very creative so anyway Yeah. yeah with my own son I'm just thinking about like, you know, doing well in school. Yeah. Okay. You know, depending on what you want to do, it's like, if you want to be a doctor, yeah, you need to do well in school. End of story. You know, like there are certain professions, certain paths that you will need to do well academically, but there are other paths as well where academics won't mean shit right so for me with my son it's, it's just like you said you said with your parents you said it's like okay i don't mind what you do as long as you do something with my son that's the attitude i'll have really it's like i don't mind what you do as long as you apply yourself to it and as long as you apply effort that's the most important thing i want to see you trying yeah, it doesn't matter if you, if it's with academics, whether it's with uh, some kind of practical pursuit, artistically, creatively, um, whatever it is, I want to see you applying yourself. So, so I know you talk a lot about um, uh, going on like uh, morning walks, and <laughs> um, and and uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about was um, is meditation spirituality mindfulness how can you apply that practically because we're talking about practical application um i think a lot of people they want to you know of course we can just talk about seated meditation you know counting the breaths building concentration it's like yeah that's great that's important but what other ways can we practically um apply mindfulness and meditative practices.
1: Yeah, I absolutely. Love this question because it's it's also something um I wrote in my book and I like to make a comparison um to to martial arts because when you in martial arts, teams, you sometimes see people that are like really killing it at the gym, like they're really good in sparring, they're really good on on the on the heavy bag, they have great technique and everything. But then they go and fight and suddenly they are a different person it's like you think like they go there and crush it and suddenly you're like whoa what 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 happened it's like not the same person i see anymore and um i made the analogy that meditation is is like the gym like seated meditation Mm. you made this clear like seated formal meditation is like like going to the to the gym you, you practice and you need to go to the gym to stand in the ring because without the training it will be hard to keep up with people who are on the gym but um you're not meditating to to sit on your cushion like you're at least i'm not meditating to sit on the cushion i'm meditating for life and um you don't want to be the person who like uh us all well on the cushion, but then forgets everything when it comes when it comes to to real life, right? When you like you you get deep meditation sessions, but then you like have no control over your emotions when you get triggered somewhere or something. That that's not um, that's not the goal of it. And there's someone who never meditated but is in control of that will be, in my opinion, be ahead of you in terms of the practice, even though they never practice meditation. So um, with that said, like, basically every moment is an opportunity to practice meditation. Mm. And let me start this chronologically. Um, There's the thing you have, like, mindfulness and meditation, and there's also mindfulness meditation is just, for me, I think it's kind of hard to um, separate the two things from each other. For me, mindfulness is more the general awareness, while meditation is the formal practice. Mm. Just to make this clear in definition terms for me, I don't know the official definition, but that's how I see it. And um, you can apply mindfulness to every moment. Right now, in this moment, as I talk about it, I remember it. Okay, I should not speak too fast. So I just became mindful of it. And now I'm speaking a bit slower because sometimes I know when I speak in English, it's not my first language. I get a little bit excited and <laughs> I tend to speak fast sometimes. And this was just, just happening in this moment while we're recording this life An application of mindfulness that I become aware of this. In um, other cases, it could be conversations. It's a great thing um, to practice mindfulness like Maybe am I talking too much in the conversation? Of course, now as a podcast, I I like to take a lot of space or it's okay, but in another conversation, um, also something I do many times is that I speak a lot. Like I really like to speak and sometimes I speak too much and don't allow the other person to speak as much as well or I forget to listen. Or when I listen, I might drift off with my thoughts and think about what to say next instead of actually listening to what the person says. And this is mindfulness applied in conversations. You can also apply mindfulness. We were talking about walks a little earlier. And I think walks are a great way to practice mindfulness because you can do that wherever you go, whatever you do. Just like for me, I trained it now. So it just comes randomly, sporadically quite often. Or sometimes I just remember it and do it. I pay attention to my feet touching the ground. I pay attention to the temperature of the air like the to the sounds around me. okay there are cars, there's a bird humming. the wind is going through the leaves and it's just like a few seconds in everyday life. if I don't make like um sometimes I go on specific walks to train it specifically, then I do it for for like try to do it for the whole walk, but sometimes yeah i'm just going to runny rants or whatever and then i just just notice these little things and it's just a few seconds here a few seconds there and over the day it it adds up there's also like so you have conversations you have like the physical sensation your feet touching the ground how does my butt feel on the chair that i'm sitting on right now Um, but you can also use this um, for emotions how am i feeling Am I a bit excited, a bit nervous before the podcast, for example? Am I a bit tired or maybe a little bit, um, I don't know the English word, but um, maybe after work, um, I'm a bit tired and maybe it's easy to provocate me because I feel so tired, for example. Okay, when I become aware of this, I can react better to this. Or even in case I should get angry, something triggered me. I'm like, oh, wait, I'm angry. And When I know that I'm angry, I will still be angry. It's not that, like, okay, I'm mm. angry anymore from one second or another. But you know, when you're angry, you often do stupid things. That, that recognition later,
0: that yeah. recognition is the first key before you can do anything else. Recognition leads to mindfulness,
1: absolutely right. And then I'm like, okay, I know I'm angry. So I should pay extra attention <laughs> of what I'm doing right now. Or mm. maybe I should just leave the situation instead of doing something stupid. Because I've been very angry in my early years. So I put a lot of I spent a lot of time practicing this with anger. But you can do this with all kinds of emotions and being just like, oh, I feel sad. I'm afraid. Maybe I have a presentation tomorrow. And just sit with this thought and let it marinate there. But it's not that thought takes like, or the feeling takes like a complete control of you. It's just that you like, yeah, zoom out. And um, I really like to imagine like a little baby in my chest that is just there and I'm taking care of it. And yeah, it feels uncomfortable, but I'm not, I'm not fighting this. I'm not saying go away, you stupid emotion. I don't want to feel you. Ah." And I'm also not identifying with it. Like, oh, I'm all sad now. It feels my whole body. And I can even imagine this like visually as it only staying in the chest area and not allowing it to, to move out to my um, to my complete body. And um, these are just some examples of, of how you can apply mindfulness. And I want to just give you one um, practical tip because um, this, you can make the intention to be more mindful, and I think this will definitely already help you. But one practical tip I used to do for a long time was to set myself triggers to practice mindfulness. And um, so you have something that, of course, quite often in your daily life and every time you encounter it, you will use it as a reminder to practice mindfulness. Hmm. So some people say you should install a clock on your phone, like a bell that rings every hour or something. I never did this. What I did was I took um, red lights. Every time you stop on a red light, it's usually something people don't like. It's like, oh, I have to stop. Damn, red light is stopping me. But now this, so to speak, negative red lights turns into something positive. Because it's a reminder and it's an opportunity to practice mindfulness. So every time I stopped at a red light, I would ask myself, how do I feel? Am I in a rush? Maybe because sometimes when you're in a rush, you get extra pissed off by the red light, right? And then you're like, oh, yeah, wait, I'm, I'm in a rush. I'm, I'm stressed. And I just become aware of it. And if, if it's all fine, I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really looking forward to go to this friend I'm going to meet. I'm on the way. On to to go to them, or um, how's the quality of the air? Oh yeah, maybe I think it will rain later today. And oh, there's a wind blowing. It feels cool to feel this wind on my skin. It's just like you can make up all the questions you want, but like just take these few seconds or minutes that you are on the red light to just check in on yourself, and do this with every red light. And it's really you don't lose any time. Right. Mm. Because you have to wait at the red light anyway. And instead of looking at your phone or being pissed off, just take it to practice a little mindfulness. And you will see when you do this for a while, it will become more and more natural and will like um, spill over or like go into other areas of your life where you will suddenly become aware and remind yourself, like, oh, yeah, actually, this or that.
0: The water is cool that I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. it's that micro meditation isn't it it's just that little oh, that's a comfort. cool word yeah yeah um yeah um it's so funny because y- y- like you said before about the um you know you get some people who they can really maybe cultivate a lot of zen on the cushion but as soon as something happens in life like i often say like uh you know, you, yeah, sitting down, you can be, you can, you know, I'll oh, be so peaceful, so relaxed. Then you go to a coffee shop and uh, you sit down and someone walks past and they bump into you and they spill coffee all over you. And you're like, oh, damn it. What are you doing? Oh, no, my shirt is, oh, it's ruined. And, you know, suddenly, where is that Zen? Where is that now? <laughs> it's gone. Where is yeah. it? You know, um, yeah, there is a quote from uh, Shin Zen Young, uh, he said that he talks about the depth and the breadth of meditation. He says we need to we need to deepen our meditation. In that we need to you know um, deepen our concentration, deepen our awareness, our clarity. But that so that's the depth of the meditation. But then the breadth of the meditation comes in being able to apply that in increasingly challenging situations. So sitting on the cushion, that seated meditation, which is vital, which is irreplaceable, that is yeah. meditation in its purest form. So then when you go up from there, it's like, okay, so we, so this is what I always say to people is that everything you practice on the cushion, everything you practice on the cushion, you will eventually be able to apply in your whole life, but you start on the cushion. But then, okay. So, what's what's one step up from the cushion? Maybe uh, I don't know, tying your shoelaces, or uh you're in the shower, um uh, you know, or you're washing the dishes. These kind of activities where you don't really need to think too much about it. You know, you're washing the dishes. You apply those same meditative qualities, okay. And then another step up from there. It's like, okay. You're walking down the street again, you don't need to think too much. Maybe it's a busy street. You have to watch out for people. It's a little bit more complex. And then you go up and up and up. And like you said, eventually, like in sparring, in fighting, in competition, you know, that's a challenging situation. But if you can, again, work your way up and take all those meditative meditative qualities and techniques, and you can work all the way up to when you're fighting someone you're getting punched in the face then you have the breadth and the depth of meditation so yeah that's uh it takes time it takes practice but 100 yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so one thing i wanted to ask you and this you mentioned this right back at the start and this is something i want to go back to this is this is i think something that's really important something i've been thinking and i've been discussing with people a lot recently is um <clears throat> So for me in, um in my history my experience uh, as we've mentioned before I started out yeah angry teenager then I started practicing martial arts and you know that tempered me in a lot of ways and gave me a lot of focus um and then you know going on I had my military experience and you know that gave me a lot of confidence a lot of discipline um but then the thing I've been focusing on more recently over the last three, four, five years is um that meditation, spirituality, philosophy, religion. And that has given me a lot of a lot more clarity, a lot more patience, a lot more compassion. But like we said before, it's you want to have that clarity, you want to have that compassion, you want to have that patience, but you don't want to lose that edge. You don't want to lose that that fire, that ambition. You know, you don't just want to switch off. So, what, do, what does that mean to you about balancing those, the yin and the yang, the strength and the gentleness? How how do you go about doing that? Ah, uh, this is a really interesting question. And I'm also
1: keen to hear more about your thoughts on that, but um, I can start. Um, so when I think about it right now, to me comes a thought about distilling. I don't mm. know. I never thought about it before, but just in this second, it comes to me. Um, because when I look at my own life, I feel like, yeah, I have this ambition, but I have all these, these other things that were like dragging me down and interfering with maybe my, my, um, my pure goal. So for example, I want to achieve something like maybe make money or whatever and um but on the way there i also want to avoid being read maybe i have to go on a sales call or sorry. make a presentation
0: S- sorry can i just interrupt you one second yes. my wife is at the door and she's struggling to get in i'll be yeah, all right no back one second No worries.
1: <laughs> so sorry to take now is all good like i also have a the dog is like a really young dog and i think she's like making attention i don't mm. know
0: wondering where uh, wondering where parents are mm. yeah exactly sorry sorry okay. you were saying um how should we resume i, I kind of thought so you where we were, were, were right. saying about distilling
1: mm-hmm. Ah yes mm. no give me a second i have to catch my
0: thought again You were saying about uh, if you want to, like, if you're focusing on making money or work. Ah, yes. So um, if I'm focusing on a goal,
1: I have my my energy input that is moving me there. So I want to make money and maybe I have to do some presentations or go on sales calls or whatever about what would be stopping me because my goal is not only to make money, it's also to avoid being rejected fear or failure or or all these things, they get, they get mix, mixed in into that goal. And maybe my goal is not to make money, but just to impress other people or whatever. And so I have this goal, which I would call like, yeah, make money is like a really simple example, but like, let's keep it with this, make money. But in reality, it's like, okay, I want to make money and also don't want to be rejected, but also impress people and increase my self-worth. And also at the same time, not hurt my self-esteem. And so I have like so many different things mixed into this one goal that is like, yes, they have might have this this raw power that I'm like, yeah, I want it so bad that brings me forward to it. But I have also all these um these breaks on or all these weights I, I carry with me that um that bring me away from the or that drag me down on my way and maybe even the goal is not mine like um there's something I got a lot from the psychology stuff I read I mentioned earlier that there were like many experiments that people really want only what other people want Mm. like is there are so crazy experiments that it's really like I mean you just look at trends right like um, what hairstyle some people wore 10 years ago like you look super uncool uncool now (laughs) but um you know, someone starts it and then everybody, and suddenly I found it in myself. And I look at the old pictures and think, like, this doesn't look beautiful. But mm-hmm. I was finding it beautiful before. And it's not because I changed it, it's because the trend changed with style and stuff like this. Maybe in some aspect, I would say, okay, I changed. But in um, regarding like beauty and style trends, I know it's not I who changed, it's just the trend who changed. Yeah. And with it, my, um, preferences and this is really interesting because i'm like wow now i want this now i find this attractive but it's, it's not i who determined that is some i don't know it's not some some person or i believe not maybe <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to get conspiracy here no but um so to distill okay what are really my goals or maybe come a bit i think it will be really Hard to say what is like really your unique own goal because there's like so much conditioning and culture going on that it will be really hard to get to the ground of that, but to get closer to what you really want, and um, then on the other hand, by not needing anymore and being so so peaceful and also losing because a lot of things we also do out of fear, like fear is extremely powerful and it motivates you, right, people go on and make money, for example, because they're afraid of looking uncool or afraid of poverty or afraid of being whatever. Um, and that is a sort of strong driver. And um, you take that fear driver away a bit, but you can add other drivers. And also the fear can be, you, you take away the fear from from other aspects, for example, of rejection, fear of looking stupid, you take that away. So in the end, I would... Um, how do I say that? I would, I would call it that you, you might reduce the energy input a little bit, but you also reduce the resistance and you, re- you reduce the resistance so much that in my personal experience, you move much, much faster and get way, yeah, way more forward mm-hmm. um, on your goals with that. And um I don't know, many people say like, yeah, what is with ambition and goals? Because I
0: straight off your original question a little bit. Um, no, no, actually, because you've actually brought up something that I to- I totally didn't consider myself, but you're yeah. actually tying this into something else—a completely different topic that I've been thinking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I
1: was like, oh, I'm, I'm straying off the path. Of no, mission. no, no,
0: no. But this is perfect because just today, um, so I was reading um one of the discourses of Epictetus, right? Mm-hmm. And he was talking in it, the Stoic philosopher. He was talking in it about freedom, and he said, like, what is freedom? It's like, well, you are not free, uh, as long as there is something, um, as long as there is anyone or anything that is forcing on you something you don't want, or withholding from you something that you do want. So he's talking about desire and rejection. Mm. Okay, and as long as you have these forces uh, acting on you, you're not free. And again, that's exactly the same in Buddhism. Uh, the Buddha said, you know, all suffering is born from desire, desire and rejection. That's what, you know, takes us off the path. That's what prevents us from that freedom. Um, but what what I think I can hear you saying here is that when we become conscious of like why okay okay so i want to have this car or or you know i want to have you know i want to get that woman or whatever it is it's like we if we look into what is the desire here what is the desire and if we're more conscious of the desires or the fears it's like oh i'm afraid of rejection i'm afraid of poverty i'm afraid of pain, whatever it is, when we can actually dive into that, and we can identify the desires, we can identify the fears, then, well, we can, hopefully, we can let go of the the ones that are holding us back, the ones that aren't serving us, the ones that are unnecessary, we can let go of those. And we can focus on the ones like, oh, okay, I have the desire to provide for my family. I have the desire to help people. You know, these are the, 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 the worthwhile ones we have. Does that sound right? Because I think that's what I'm hearing. So we can focus on utilizing the key ones, rejecting the other ones. And then, yeah, then it, we're, it, through that process of removal, the whole thing becomes streamlined and you double down on the strengths. Does that sound right?
1: yes exactly that's that's a thing and um yeah also taking like taking all the paths that are holding you back out identifying your true goals but even on your true goals there's like still this yeah what what um like this reminds me now we're talking about epic tales and there's also um uh, i'm paraphrasing here but there's a quote from him where he says like um whatever your goal is, you have to be aware of what it entails so if mm-hmm. you want to be a boxer it will entail like hard training sweat blood tears pain all all that and it's like um do you really want to be a boxer or do you just want the want the glory and, yeah. and have that big belt around around your uh, around your belly and um when you're clear then you also it helps to let go of some goals that you might not want it's like yeah do i really want that do I'm really wanting to sacrifice this for that because I think many people also or I at least I did it went for a goal and was like yeah this is amazing but then I was like I was not so much aware of the price I would Mm. have to pay and now I feel I'm like more calculated with my decision I'm like Because when you know it's on the way, it's like, oh, why can I not make progress on this goal? Because yeah, well, you want it, but you don't want to pay the price, so Mm -hmm. you will not get it, and you feel stuck. But when you're like, okay, I know what 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 the price is, and I'm willing to pay it, then I can go it, and then the resistance will be um, much less again. Mm -hmm. And also, this whole like, um, I like to see it. Because people think like, okay, yeah, you meditate and you let go of all desires. <laughs> if that would be so easy. Like, I feel like my desires are still very, very strong enough that yeah. I don't worry about losing my ambition because it's still, <laughs> it's, it's still enough there. But just suppose maybe um, the desires go away, then it's like, even then, would you want to do nothing? Yeah. I mean, for me, this life is is I'm I'm here to to experience and and to to play, and so with like reducing the importance or the desire and doing meditation and calming down, seeing how small I'm, I am and all the universe allows me to treat this whole thing, yeah, more like a game. And um, you can still play a game with ambition. Like when I look back, I played some um, some like. Uh, hero fantasy games i don't know how to call that but um where you build like your you get your sword and your armor and you level everything up this type of game uh when i was young and and i was hella ambitious about this (laughs) game like um but still i knew it is a game Mm. like if something happened in the game i failed that was like whatever it's a game i'm still life is good like it's, it's only in this computer and um if some person or some character in the game was kind of mean or whatever, I didn't took it personally because it's just, it's just a game. And if I can, can see life in a, in a similar way, that gives me a lot of, a lot of freedom and detachment from all the negative aspects, but it doesn't take away. uh, It doesn't take away my ambition because I'm still, I'm still playing to win. Right. But I play it for the, for the fun of it. And I know, well, is it's just a game. So it's nice. And I also feel that um, when when you win, because we think so often that oh once I get this, once I get that, and recently I achieved a few things that I thought of were will be like everything will be great once I get this. And now I got a few of these things and I'm like, well, I mean it's nice, but I'm still Pretty much the same it's not that my whole life is completely different, and this reminds me of this game thing as well, like once you win something in the game it's like it's nice, but it's not so different. I think in real life, we also place too much import or like we think that when we reach our goals, it would change so much, but actually in my little experience still um it didn't do so much, so I really like the game analogy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no. um, One thing. uh, One thing that occurred to me there is you were saying about like um, you were saying about like when you're conscious about what things actually entail, that you can maybe actually realize. Oh, maybe I don't really want it. You know, I just want the result. But it made me think as well about like um, if you can identify what your desire is, because maybe you think like, oh, I want to have, I want to have these new. Nike Air Jordans, I really want to have the Air Jordans, I really want to have them. But when you really dive into it, maybe you realize that actually, you don't want the trainers, what you want is the admiration of your friends like oh right because you get the trainers and then you know your friends don't really care (laughs) and you're like oh like oh these i'm unfulfilled by these trainers it's because it's not what you actually wanted what you wanted was admiration what you wanted was respect and if you can realize that then you can actually ask yourself it's like oh okay well what is the best way about going you know about getting respect and admiration well it's not having fancy trainers it's about you know becoming a better person, you know, fulfilling your potential. It's like that will yes. make people respect <laughs> you a lot more. But with yes. the, uh, with the video game analogy, I mean, absolutely. It's, um, that's something that a lot of people, like a lot of very successful people have said, um, I know, uh, very controversial character, but, uh, Andrew Tate, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Ooh, controversial. I know. Uh, I know that's something he said. And, and cause again, when you were talking about the video game analogy, it made me think, I know people like I I've got, I got some old friends not spoken to him for a long time, but I know some people like total geeks, like total, total gamers, total geeks who, They, you know, like Guitar Hero with the little plastic guitar thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. I never played it, but I know about it.
0: Yeah. So a couple of my mates got like ridiculous. ridiculously good at guitar hero like I, I saw them playing it on like you know the highest level super crazy difficult songs like you know and it, it was impressive i was like wow that mm. is like the dexterity the hand-eye coordination memorizing the songs it's like you have practiced the hell out of that like you've really practiced that now imagine If you applied that same diligence to something that was actually worthwhile, you know, because again, I know I've got some of these mates who, you know, they'll get really, really good at like Call of Duty or Halo or anything like that. And that's all well and good and that's fine. But sooner or later, nobody's going to play that game anymore. You know, that game is going to die. And all those skills you've developed within that game, it's like right now you may think, oh, I'm the top dog on this game. Great, fantastic. But as soon as people stop playing that game, it's dead. It doesn't matter. Right. But, you know, yourself, uh, as with myself, is I really think we realize it's like, oh, hold on. We can apply those that that same diligence, that same effort to martial arts or to exercise, or to studying philosophy, or religion, or or meditation, or any of these things, it's all a game. It's all a game. The whole life is a game. If you just focus on any of these things, the same way you focus on the video games, you you will develop skills that will be with this character, the main character, you, for the rest of your life.
1: And I find this so funny. I like these, I like the really the the fantasy game energy because then you can skill like I don't know sword fighting or archery or um, blacksmith or whatever. Like you can do add all these all these um, things in there, right? And all of with, these things
0: exist like, in real life.
1: <laughs> yes, even that. First of all, mm. and you can make the same like as you just said. Like okay, you go, you build like you skill strength points mm. in the gym. You s- skill speed at uh, going on runs and then you skill like charisma or intelligence by, by reading books or whatever. And um, yeah, the satisfaction is, is, is so much mean It's like, I recently did actually, I recently because I have this child memory and I try to play one of these games uh, because I was like, Oh, this is so nice. I just want to play. Like I found an old computer um, in my dad's house. I went there and um, then I found an, an old computer and then I was like, oh, let me start this thing and play play some of my old games. And then I played them, and it was so damn boring. Oh, man. My, my, my childhood memories were destroyed, or teenage <laughs> years to better teenage years. But I was like, damn, this is, like, really so boring. Like, it's so limited. It feels so, so unreal. Like... Um, when I yeah, when you got I got on this real life gamer is so much more interesting. The graphics I better by the way too. No, just-
0: <laughs> I was climbing a mountain yesterday and um yeah, I was saying that. I was like as we were I was w- with one of my friends, as we were climbing the mountain, I was just I was just marveling at the beauty of it. you know it's like like Lord of the Rings, you know, we were going up through these trees and there were the rocks and these streams yeah. and the clouds. It was just incredible and it's like this is just it's just here. It's just out there. you can just go. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you don't need to like a procedurally generated level or anything like that. it's just it's just here in reality. just go.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true.
0: On that note, um, I don't want people to think that I'm like, oh, video games are trash, they're a complete waste of time. It's like no not at all. I mean, you know, like 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 movies, um, like books, it's you know, it's it can be it's uh it's a uh, it's recreation, you know. Um however you want to enjoy yourself. The problem just arises when you just spend a hundred percent of your time focusing on on video games because you know it's like and it's and that, that could be the same for like you know like netflix or or literally anything really even even or work yeah yeah absolutely 100 even like even like weightlifting it's like you know oh yeah going to the gym is great but if you just do that and absolutely nothing else it's like then it starts to become a little bit dangerous you know like looking like rich piano like yeah so yeah no with video games it's like um I still play a couple of games every now and then, but, it, you know, again, it's just, it's recreation and it's um, it's understanding that, you know, work comes before play and, and, you know, you can't just obsess over that all the time. Again, which is something with my son. It's like, you know, when my son gets a little bit older, you know, I, I don't want to withhold him from you know relaxing and playing and having fun you know but it's it's instilling in him that it's like that's great that's fine but you can't do that to the detriment of actual personal development and growth you know like i think one of the one of the tricks and this this is what's really bad about modern video games is they have got very 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 good at creating this kind of false sense of progression, you know, (laughs) like when we were kids, when we were kids, video games, like whether it was like Street Fighter or like GoldenEye or whatever, video games were like, you have a game, you play the game, and then it's finished. That's it. Like, you know, it's like, oh, you won, I won, whatever, somebody won, and then the game is finished. But now, you know, you're like, you're constantly leveling up and you're unlocking new kit and new gear and like you get like loot boxes and and there's all these and it's almost like you know like micro transactions and gambling and all this kind of stuff yeah. they have all these little tricks that are so well designed at keeping yeah. your attention so it's no longer just oh here's a game winner or loser like a game of chess it's like here's a game it's contained. The, you have the winner, you have the loser, it's finished. Like now, no, it, it's it's con- it's so continuous. And they they do that to grab your attention. So in that way, I mean, gee, oh, it's it's harder for kids now because it's it's programmed for them so well. So that's the that's the key. I mean, and again, this is what you said right back at the start. It's a spiritual war and and have being very conscious, being very conscious of um how you direct your attention and the media you consume is uh vital
1: i like to tie this back to the Epictetus quote like to keep in mind what it entails and what price you pay because um it's cool to play a video game but what i observe with me is like when i play too much is first of, okay, I um, waste a lot of time, or I lose a lot of time, that I could maybe use for things that bring me more joy or that I want to spend my time otherwise. And the second thing is that, and this goes for all the cheap dopamine things like uh, sweets and um, all kind of screens and um, stuff like this is, um, is great to enjoy it. Like I like a show of Netflix and I like to eat sweets sometimes. But I know if I eat too many of them or if I watch too long, everything else will become dull. Mm. That's the problem. I know when I spend too much time with technology, I will not enjoy my morning walk anymore. If I eat too much sweets, I will not enjoy my normal healthy food anymore. And that is like a really high price for me because I take a lot of joy in eating healthy food. Because I really like it. I enjoy it. It's not only because it's healthy, but it's because I generally find it tastes good. And I also enjoy my workouts, my meditation session, my morning walks, but I know, oh, if I spend too much time with 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 these with these technology things or these, yeah, just call them cheap dopamine things, I will not be able to enjoy the other things. And when I see of like a my net joy, it's actually decreasing, it's like, yes, it's short-term, long-term thing that everybody's talking about. But yeah, in that very moment, it might might feel better to eat one more snack or play one more round. But actually, when I sum it up, it's not better. It's it's a minus I'm losing. And um, yeah, I find this a good tie-in to that. To really what you do, be aware of what it entails. When you you drink alcohol, you get your energy on on credits, but you have to Mm. pay the bill tomorrow with big interest on it. Just, yeah. you know, and then you can just drive. It's not about judging or what is right or wrong. Only you can decide that. But I want you to make a conscious decision and not a decision for just in the moment without forgetting and regretting and, and all that stuff. But when you take in you know, all, the, all the details, then you can okay make a conscious decision. I mean, if you say, I'm going to party tonight and yes, I will pay the price tomorrow then. Have fun, it's all good. Like it's your life. And I also do that sometimes. But I know at other times I'm like, no, this is not really worth it. I better stick to my guns and um I will be grateful for my decision tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and and alcohol is is a perfect example, really, because you know, I don't think it's it's not I mean if you want to be like teetotal and you know, no drugs, no alcohol, um, that's that's fine if that if that works for you but i don't think it's really practical to like enforce try to enforce that on people it's like for me i i drink alcohol (sighs) honestly maybe i could maybe like once every couple of months really yeah
1: i could count it probably on one hand
0: yeah like you said
1: two hands how many times i drink in a year
0: yeah yeah honestly honestly i'm the same um but um uh, but the key is like, you know, and, and that's fine. You know, if you have like uh, like a night or two here and there where it's like, yeah, go crazy, have fun, you know, you know, whatever, you know, screw the calories, screw, you know, whatever, go wild, you know, enjoy yourself. But obviously, again, just like before, if you do that every single night, that's a real mm. problem, you know. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah, being disciplined and taking control of your life doesn't mean that oh i need to cut out everything that i enjoy and you know live this life of you know just living in a box with no color it's like that's that's not at all the case but as you said um what you may actually find is that when you when you no longer have that kind of overstimulation you will actually find the that you will find the simpler things, so much more joy and beauty. The perfect example that just occurred to me is, um, so I've been living in Japan for uh, four years now. And before I was living in Japan, I was living in Manchester for three years. Um, so it's been uh, seven, eight years now, uh, since I lived with my parents. Earlier this year, about six, seven months ago, I went back to England for a couple of oh, Yeah, months. I remember, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? The, when I was in there, I was sleeping. Even then, I was in my old bedroom. So, God, that's uh, like a decade or something since I was in this room. So I was sleeping in this, roo- this room again. And uh, in the morning... I opened the curtains and I was getting up early every single morning, and I was just blown away by how beautiful the sunrise was. You know, I was just like, I was like taking photos of it and sending it, I was like, <laughs> sending it to people, like, yo, check out how how great it is in England. And I was just blown away by how beautiful it was, and like the colors and the clouds and the birds, and it was fantastic. Not once when I was a teenager, not once did I ever look (laughs) out the window in the morning and say, wow, what a beautiful sunrise. Not fucking once did I ever do that, right? And now I was looking out the window every single day, just like, wow, amazing, beautiful. I'm so happy to be here. You know, and that if that doesn't show you the change, I don't know what does. You know, when I was a teenager, like we said, yeah, yeah, I was just like, I was online all the time and like arguing and I was angry and I was just, I don't know, watching movies and playing video games and, and I wasn't happy and yeah, but, but now, you know, my life is so different and just this simple thing, just looking out the window, seeing the sunrise and just like, wow, it's beautiful, you know? So what a, what a profound difference.
1: Yeah absolutely and it's like a different joy than or pleasure or how you want to call it mm-hmm. than you get from these superficial things mm-hmm. like i find it like i don't know i always when i when i experience this i'm, I'm so happy that i can be so happy about such a simple <laughs> thing like i'm really at all like i'm like oh fuck this is so amazing that i can
0: be so happy about the simple thing like yeah like well, this is again it's kind of meta but uh uh, in my gratitude practice, one thing that I often think of is I'm grateful that I have the capacity to be grateful. If that makes sense, like I'm, oh yes, I'm That's grateful. One. Yeah, I'm grateful for my own gratitude because again, when I was a teenager, I wasn't grateful yeah, absolutely. for absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so just to, to I'm grateful for gratitude itself.
1: Oh, I love this! Yes, this is a big one, actually. Like you can apply the salsa to like doing your workouts, or also for being aware. Like I'm, I'm aware of being aware, and I'm grateful
0: for being aware. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 amazing, and this makes me excited as well because it's amazing how far we've come when you look back and you really think about it and you talk about it like this, and it like it really makes you aware of like wow like i I have come a long way that makes me excited for the future because when i was a teenager i could not in my wildest dreams i could not imagine where i am today like oh uh, yes like it's unbelievable like my life is is far beyond my highest expectations Um, but not just in scale, but just like, I, I couldn't even imagine the things, the the way I live now, but, um, and that just makes me excited for the next 10, 20, 30 years, you know, where will we go from here? So speaking of which, what are you working on now? Do you have any products, any, um, any projects that you're working on? Mm. Yeah, I
1: have like I've written like a little meditation guide because I got a lot of questions about it, and it's really my attempt to nail down the essence of um, my philosophy of meditation and make it like really practical because I read a lot of books about them and they mix it with religion, philosophy, and a lot of well, not re- it's related but it's not part of the practice. And so I found this was kind of missing. So I created this really practical piece and I got a lot of great feedback on it. It's called modern meditation and it's yeah a really simple step-by-step intro to get, get started with it. And, um, right now, I'm I'm currently, I always have to catch myself and like watch out that I don't work on too many different things at the same time, mm-hmm. because there's like, when I think back at my, my teenage year, there was like nothing I wanted to do. And now there's kind of like too much I mm-hmm. want to do. I really have to stop myself. And like, wait one thing after another, you can't do it all at the same time. So it's like a luxury problem. I would guess to yeah, have like yeah. too many things uh, you're excited about. Mm. But currently I'm just working more on getting the brand higher and, um, scaling that I'm, I'm, I'm um, I'll call it, I'm trying myself out with some coaching at the moment mm-hmm. and see how I like that It was like it's pretty spontaneously because people came to me and asked mm. me about it, which again showed me the power of a personal brand where it was mm. like, wow, I didn't do any advertising. I didn't even have an offer. Mm-hmm. It's just people wanted to do it. And I was like, yeah, well, we can try it. So I'm going to see how that goes, and if I want to continue to do it. But
0: well, that's kind of how I got into personal training, because uh, with personal training, I was practicing Muay Thai, and I just started teaching people, just like my friends and just people I mm-hmm. knew. I was just kind of like, like people were interested, and I was like, yeah, yeah, well, I can teach you a bit, and like you know, and 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 just spontaneously, you start sharing what you know with people, and if and if you you know, not everybody, some people have a lot, a very high skill, but not everybody is a good teacher. So if you, if you find it's like, I've got the ability and I can effectively communicate that to people, then naturally, yeah. Then, then you just spontaneously become a tutor or, or a coach or, or an, an instructor. So yeah, that's good. And I can recommend to everybody, um, your modern meditation guide. I I really like your threads on Twitter. You have a lot of really good threads. And this is what we were saying before about how everybody has their own unique experience and, you know, their own flavor and their own sort of um, uh, perspective, whether it's on meditation or exercise or martial arts or anything at all. And I think, um, you know, with, with meditation and mindfulness, it's, um, Sometimes it can be a little bit difficult if you're if you're reading like an ancient text, you know. Like I love like you know I love Dogen Zenji and Epictetus and all that. But for a lot of people, you know, may, you know, a lot of young modern people, that kind of stuff can be a little bit hard to penetrate. But with your, like you're saying, with your writing, from my experience, from what I've seen of your writing and what you've shared, it's you've taken all this ancient practices this ancient knowledge that goes back thousands of years but you're just delivering it in a very very practical easy to understand easy to digest uh format uh, and that's 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 why i think you know you've got such a, a successful brand because because people resonate with that and people can people feel it
1: yeah it's basically just me talking to myself but um <laughs> there you can see that i think most of the things in this world we, we share across with like most, if not all, I don't know, all, all humans. And so it's, it's truly also the things that I, when I make
0: advice to myself, it usually performs the best. Mm. Yeah, well, it's, it's working. So please keep it up. <laughs> well, thank you very much for our conversation today. I knew this was going to be a good one. I knew it was. We always have a good chat. Um so yeah man 100%. Yeah I appreciate it very very much. Um and I'm sure we will do it again in the future. I would love to. Thank you for having me on man. It was a blast. Yeah. And as always, you know, next time you're traveling, uh the the border has just recently finally after like 2 years, the border here in Japan has just opened back up. So when you find yourself here eventually, let me know and we'll hook up. I was just about to mention when you said the word typing that you have to teach me a lesson
1: because um, me and my girlfriend, we're actually planning to come to Japan by the end of next year and probably stay for like a longer time, really? three, minimum three months. Oh, fantastic. So, Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I hope the whole border thing will stay the way it is and they don't come up with some insanity again. But yeah, no, I would, I, I would definitely pay you a visit.
0: No, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm right next to, to- Tokyo, I'm, I'm Mount Fuji, Yamanashi. So it's literally just west of Tokyo. Um, so when you get here, like, well, before you get here, let me know. And uh, we're going to set up some good things. One thing that I want to do that I've not done yet, but there's right near here, there's Takigyo which is, is that? uh, Takigyo is the, uh, you, you know, this, the, uh, waterfall meditation. Ah. <laughs> so there's a place near here that specifically does that, uh, like a big waterfall. And like, it's the guy is like, who organizes it. It's like, you do sort of like a kind of like a small Buddhist ritual before you do it. And the waters are coming down from Mount, fuji itself.
1: Oh damn! This so some
0: sacred water. So um, I've been waiting to do that with someone. So uh, you might. Oh, be I'll
1: definitely be your oh, man. Yes.
0: Oh yes. <laughs> like, and if you do it before, you will have to
1: do it again with me.
0: <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah. Well, again, like,
1: I was at a waterfall once, mm. and it's like goddamn cold. Like yeah, I was yeah, really yeah.
0: surprised. it will be like a tough one. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be cold because um, there's a few places around here where there's like um, you can like just directly get the water from Mount Fuji. And it, because it's, you know, it's all coming down from like frozen water. So even yeah. in, even in like, well, some of the most of the water is melted, but like even um, in, in the hotter seasons, it is freezing cold water. Yeah. So uh, it'll be a test. But it, yeah, again, Stoicism. Yeah, yeah. I was quite surprised I was like,
1: <laughs> I didn't do the meditation, but I was in a waterfall and bathing there in in Jeju Island, and it was like I was like, "Damn, nice!" How can and I went in the sea, and the sea was like super hot compared Mm. to
0: compared to the to the waterfall. was really surprising, but yeah, yeah, we're allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we could talk forever, so I'll leave you there. Thank you very much, and Takezo, I will speak to you again very soon. Appreciate you. Thank you.